Let's look ahead to Saturday in the NBA. There are eight games on, injury updates, who we're streaming in, what's on our radar, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and always make your best move your next move. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePix.com slash LockedOnNBA, use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. You know what to do. You go and listen to the audio, you watch the video, you thumb it up, you leave your comments, all that stuff. But more importantly, go and find the live trade deadline show Friday. Not Friday. It's my Friday. It's your Thursday. Th- Thursday, February the 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern live trade deadline show. Go and find the video. I'll have it linked up the top there, but it'll also be at the top of the YouTube channel. And just go and pre-like it. I want to hit at least 500 pre-likes. We're at about 270 at the moment, so we're not far off. We're over halfway. Let's go and hit that, leave comments in there, bookmark it, and get ready to rock and roll when the NBA trade trade deadline does occur. So we're here to look at Saturday's games. There are eight of them on. There is an early one. There's a 3 p.m. Eastern game. Um, so be aware, get ready to set your lineups uh, early because that's what happens when there is an early game. Let's look at injury updates. We did get, speaking of injury updates, we did get an injury update on Cade Cunningham today. He's going to be out for this game, but we're looking at him returning within a week. So five to seven days, I think, was the update they said on Cade. So he'll be returning soon. Um, I don't think that means it's an auto drop of Jaden Ivey. It obviously is with Killian Hayes and probably is with Alec Burks, but I think Ivey can maintain some of that value, just probably not quite as high as where he's currently been. Monte Morris is out for the Pistons. Is this man ever going to return? And the other one that is important is Alf Stewart is out. Um, we've seen him get big minutes in one game, lower minutes in the other one. They've, are they going to play Gallinari? Or are they going to actually, um, which would be unbelievable, are they going to try to get Asad Thompson in there to play as a four and get a lot of paint touches? Because it's worked the last two games. I'm not fully believing it, but who knows? Who knows? Mark Williams is out. We got that random update. Of course, not from the Hornets. Steve Clifford went on a local radio station and said, yeah, he's not really close to returning. I have no idea what that means in terms of when Mark is coming back. I'm going to say it's not within a week. I would say it's not in January. I would say it's maybe not until the deadline, maybe not until the All-Star, maybe not at all. I have no idea. I just know it's not happening anytime soon. Gordon Haywood's going to be out. Anthony Melton is going to be out for the Sixers. So he's still dealing with that issue. Uh, Rob Covington is out. I expect that DeAndre Hunter is out. Now, Hunter is out for Friday's game. The Hawks have a back-to-back. I expect that Hunter will be out on Saturday as well. Darius Garland, I expect to be out. And Yucca Pertle, I expect to be out. Those guys could both return next week. Derek Rose should be out. Tari Eason, I'm expecting to be out. Zach Levine hurt his ankle, didn't close the game on Thursday. At this point, we don't have an official update on the skater boy, but I don't think that he will play. He's already had that foot issue. I also don't think he's going to be traded, by the way. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going to be available to play, but... We'll see. I'm listing him doubtful for now. 
We don't have updates on a lot of guys at this stage. Dan Gafford missed the last game. He was in concussion or he was in the concussion protocol. That doesn't guarantee that he's out. Remember, he missed Thursday's game because he was in the concussion. He didn't receive the concussion or that knocked to the head on Thursday. That happened on Monday. So Monday through to Saturday is definitely enough time to be um, cleared from the concussion protocol. We just don't know. Obviously, if Gafford is out, Marvin Bagley is the go-to. We saw the huge minutes. They didn't play anybody else. I, uh, there are a lot of people who do think that Bagley is going to just yeah, eat into Gafford's minutes and they're going to split the minutes. And it's possible with how much they use Bagley in that first game. Uh, it is possible. I'm not convinced of that. I think Gafford has been pretty good for this team, honestly, all season. And Bagley is Bagley. But we'll have to keep an eye on that one. For the Hornets, Brandon Miller and Bryce McGowns, they're on a back-to-back. Brandon Miller, Bryce McGowns, and Nick Richards. At this point, they are all questionable for Friday's game. So I'm going to list them currently questionable for Saturday's game as well. If they all are out on Friday, I'd say that increases the chances of them not playing on Saturday. If they do play on Friday, they're not situations where I think they'd need to sit a back-to-back necessarily. So I think they could be all right. Trey Young is going to miss Friday's game. So I'm listing him questionable for Saturday's game. Um, Young's sort of been on and off injury reports for a while now. Um, with him out, we'll see what happens on Friday, get a better understanding of it. DeShante Murray and Bogdan are going to do a lot more, and then they're going to have to dig into their guys that they just hate, hate playing under all circumstances. And we'll see how that ends up going. Shout out to Alpha Kaba. Josh Hart missed the last game with a knee issue. He is questionable. Oh, I've got him questionable now. He said this is going to be a problem uh, during the season, so expect some games off for Joshy. And we don't have to worry about him in 12-team formats for the majority of the time. Lou Dort missed the last game for the um for the Thunder. We saw Cason Wallace step in there. Dort was ill. He should be okay, but don't know yet. And I've got Zach Collins questionable. The reason I have Zach Collins questionable is Zach Collins is back from his ankle injury, and he's going to play on Friday. He's listed probable. So he's going to play. But I would imagine after missing three weeks with this ankle sprain that he probably won't play the back-to-back. So he'll play Friday. I would guess he's probably going to sit on Saturday, but the good news is that Victor Wemanyama will play on Saturday. So your Domi Barlow stuff, it's probably not going to be awesome. Dom would be likely get more minutes on the Friday and then back to being the backup on Saturday. But Collins could also just play both games, and I don't know that. Yanni Antetokounmpo is listed probable. That's fine. He'll be ready to go. Uh, he didn't play the last one. And Dylan Brooks is probable too. And as I said, Victor Wemanyama is going to miss Friday's game, but he will be back on Saturday to play. And I would think that his minutes restriction, I don't know this for sure, but I think his minutes restriction is going to be coming to an end soon. Maybe next week. I hope, fingers crossed. We've seen that the 24 pushed to 25, the 26 sort of to 27. I don't think he's going to be playing 35 a night, but maybe get to 30 and remove these back-to-back absences. I think that might come soon. Speaking of back-to-backs, the two teams that play the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back combination is your Rockets and your Wizards. So that Daniel Gafford-Marvin Bagley situation is really interesting. I think if you've been out with a concussion, that doesn't mean that you can't play a back-to-back. So if Gafford is cleared, he'll play both. And then we just have to see how they utilize Bagley in that scenario. For the Rockets, we've seen Cam Whitmore's minutes drop way down. Harder to get excited about him, but it means guys who are fringe players like Jollibee Jalen Green, having the two games for the price of one gets that little bump in value there. Again, we're not expecting that Tari Eason is going to be available across either of these games on the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me to talk about fantasy picks each week, guys, that might be the perfect fit or a guaranteed fit on your fantasy team to grab off the waiver wire to maybe drive you to a... Yeah, I didn't even mean to put that drive pun in there. Maybe to drive you to a a win in fantasy this week, pushing you towards that championship. So who are we looking at? Let's talk about the cockroach, Mason Plumley, Because if it's a Zubats is out for weeks, maybe months, 
And Plumlee started last game and played 28 minutes. He will be an issue in terms of his free throw percentage. He's not a good shot blocker, but points, rebounds, some out-of-position assists, and field goal percentage. And if they're going to play him big minutes, which the first game suggests they're at least thinking about it, well, he's got some value on your fantasy team. I'm, I remain unconvinced that he's going to be huge for a period, long period of time, but we're looking at Mason Plumley as a guy who might be able to drive your team, another drive pun, um, to a winning week and winning championship. So if you want to win a fantasy championship, you just got to find the parts that fit correctly. And that is the same with your car. eBay Motors knows all about that. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, eBay Motors is there to help sure you make your ride stay running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. I wonder if eBay Motors has the things that you used to see on, uh, on like Pimp My Ride. Can you get like the, the old DVD player to stick in the back seat? I'm sure they have it because they've got 122 million parts for your ride or die. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. So let's have a look at the streams of the day. Now, I talked about this in the recap show yesterday, saying that there's a lot of inactivity in leagues because like, John Morant is out for the season and he's still rostered in 40 plus percent of leagues, which seems crazy, right? So I said that it's either inactive leagues or inactive teams in leagues. So I have to reassess my cutoffs for the percentages that I use to say 10 or 12 team leagues. And you guys might say, about time, Josh, all the guys you tell me are never available in my league. And some will say, no, they are in mine. But I've tried to adjust this stuff because of that. Now, the Jamaran, I think he was at 46% yesterday. He's down to 41%. So there are people still like a week and a half later going, oh, oh still got a job. Better move on. Can't explain that. But apparently that is happening. So previously, I used to use a 10-team guy as 65% or below rostered. I'm changing, I'm changing that down to 57. I used to use a 12-teamer as 45. I'm changing that down to 39. A 14-teamer, I used to use 20. I'm dropping that to 17%. And a 16-teamer, uh, uh, I used to have at 10%. I'm dropping that down to around 9%. Those, those deeper ones, it's not as big of a change. Um, it's, still, it's still significant, but it does just change some of the availabilities. But I want your feedback on it. So if you do have like, if when I chuck these names out there, you can tell me if you're in a standard 10, a standard 12 or 14 or 16, what's the chances that these guys are available? I want to hear about it because I want to see if this adjustment number makes some sense. Hopefully it does. Also, heard um, a friend of the show, Dan Bezras, you know, he's been on this show plenty of times. He was doing his his show today and he's like, oh yeah, what, what's a great thing to do is get people who are watching to tell you where they're from. So, you know, I do want to hear where you're from as well. So Dan, thank you. I am, I am, uh, I heard your idea and I want people to tell me where they're from as well because I know there's a lot of people that listen all, all around the world and then uh, that's great. And it, just drop it down in the comments below. Tell me where you're from. Tell me where you double bang from. Put it in the comments. Okay, so the stream of the day. 10-teamer, I am looking at Alex Caruso. The fact that this guy is still available in 50-plus percent of leagues is crazy. According to my new roster percentage metric, he does look like he's just rostered in all 12-team leagues, and I think that would be accurate. If you're in a 12-team league, is Caruso available? I highly doubt it. But I think that's where my adjustment's going to work. But for 10-teamers, I think he's still there. For 12s, I'm looking at the cashier, Xavier Tillman. I don't think he's being grabbed everywhere. He's getting close to that border. I've got it at 39 cutoff. He's at 38, so it's, it's borderline. But is he available in your 12? That's what you want to let me know. 14-teamer, I'm going with Nick Batum. We're going under 17%. This guy's available in 90-plus percent. I'm pretty sure he's going to be around. And then for 16-teamers, it is Killian Hayes, who, again, is sitting at under 9% rostered. His value isn't going to last because... 
Cade is going to be back. I wouldn't be shocked if Hayes ends up out of the rotation entirely at some point. Although, it is Monty Williams, so you never know. But Yahoo points and ESPN points. It is the same bloke. It is the cashier, Xavier Tillman, who doesn't really have anybody coming for the, his minutes. I remain baffled that people keep thinking that Santi Aldama is going to be playing center minutes. He doesn't, ever. Yes, he can impact Tillman by playing at the four and Jaron playing at the five, but Santi never plays at the five. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pause this. I'm going to go check my actual data on this. Another W Riz for the W Riz master, Josh Lloyd. Santi Aldama has played 9% of his minutes at small forward, 90% of his minutes at power forward, and 1% at center. 1%. And it's actually like less than 1%. It's rounded up. So, yeah, I, I just... Yes, he can impact Tillman by pushing Jaron to the five, but Santi doesn't play center at all. So just keep keep that in mind when you're thinking about um, the cashier and the Grizzlies rotation, because I know you love thinking about the Grizzlies rotation. The first game is the early game. Like I said, 3 p.m. Eastern. It is Milwaukee and Detroit. Punch Bob with Bobby Portis out. Uh, Bobby Portis with Giannis out last game. Portis didn't do anything. I would say it's been relatively disappointing as a season for Portis. And now we're going to have Giannis back along with Jay Crowder. I want to see his minutes, and I don't think they're going to be very good. Also in Detroit, I want to watch Asar Thompson because with the absence of Isaiah Stewart, if they go to like Gallinari and play a Gallinari-Bogdanovich combination, I will, I'll spew up. Can they get Asar back into that lineup? It is possible. Uh, or do they go back to Kevin Knox? I I don't know. I want to see what happens. And in terms of streams, again, we are using a new cutoff here of under 39% rostered. So Pat Connaughton falls into that list. Like Leaky Beasley, Bobby Portis are way higher. If they are available, you stream them in. But again, I'm trying to capture guys who are more readily available. And then Killian Hayes for Detroit. It's pretty disgusting, but uh, he's, he's going to start without Cade there. The Spurs and the Wizards. Like I already said, the Spurs are on a back-to-back. Um, and for the Wizards, it's about watching Marvin Bagley. Not only is it about watching Marvin Bagley if Daniel Gafford is out and seeing if he can crack 40 minutes or get close to it like last game, I think he would. But it's more about what happens when uh, Gafford returns. Now, I don't think that he will play next to Gafford, but it's possible. Their powerful depth is Kuzma starts. And they've been, they use Avdir a lot as the backup, and he's the starting three. And that pushes Bilal and Kispert into the lineup. And I think they'd still want to do that. I just don't think you want too much of Gafford and Bagley together because why would you why would you want that? But it is worth watching. It is a really important thing to watch. I've added Bagley in two leagues. Uh, you t- I told you three days ago that I added him in one of them and then I added another one yesterday. I want to see what happens here. In terms of streams for the Spurs, it is Julian Champagne who continues to start. He's not going to be a great option, um, obviously, but for deeper leagues and someone that's readily available who starts, he's, he's interesting. Jeremy Sohan usually would be the name I'd chuck out here, but according to that roster metric, he, he's too high now. Again, if Sohan is rostered in your league and it's a 12, let me know. If he's not, let me know. He should be. Uh, Marvin Bagley is the other stream there for the Wizards. I think that number is going to push up, um, especially if he gets like 25 minutes in this game, it'll push up pretty significantly. The um, Philadelphia 76ers and the Charlotte Hornets, both of these teams on a back-to-back. No indication about Embiid, but it's highly possible that he does not play against the Hornets. It's a back-to-back. He's got knee swelling and it's the Hornets. That isn't or He has 30 and 10 in 21 minutes. That's also possible. For the Hornets, there's a lot of injuries. There's Miller, there's McGowans, and there's Nick Richards who all play a huge part in how we're going to determine what their value is. So it's really hard to know. Batum continues to just do Batum stuff like what if he had? If he has a five-four-three-two-one game, five points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block, it'd be the most Nick Batum game ever. I think it's distinctly possible, and he's just really underrated for category leagues. I've got Nick Richards there, who still sits at under forty percent rostered, and honestly, Mark Williams might not play another game this season. That's I can't rule that out at this point. So Richards just shouldn't be sitting around. 
If you're in a 12-team league, is Nick Richards available? And if so, what is going on? Please let me know. That's, again, one of those ones that's baffled me all season. And I want to hear what where you're at with it. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Not only... Um, well, not, not even not only, you don't have to go. Now, there's a, I have a lot of people that I know and are friends with who do a lot of daily fantasy sports stuff and they're really good at it, but they're really good at it. So if you're in those large field tournament contests against these pros with thousands of people in them, they're, they're, they're going to take your money. Simple as that. So I love them. They do they do great stuff, but they're just they're going to win because they're good at it. So price picks, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to go up against your fellow man, against your fellow human to battle for the prizes. On price picks, it's you versus a faceless corporation. PricePix puts up the individual stats, it's points, it's rebounds, steals, whatever, for many different players. And you just look at it and you say, I think they're going to go more or less. You do between two to six of those, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. It is super fast to play. It is super fast to withdraw. Plus, the reboot policy. If a player gets hurt in the first half and does not return in the second half, you don't just lose. The player just gets rebooted. So it just doesn't count. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA for that um, first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let us um, let us go to the next game after the, the uh, Sixers and the Hornets. It is the Cavs and the Hawks. Max Struess has really been struggling the Winter Soldier. Nothing is going on with his shooting. He cannot hit anything. Now, he is a better shooter than this, but he's also not as good of a shooter as his um, melanin count would make you think that he is. He profiles as a good shooter, but he's never been that guy. But what he's also done this season, he's added other things. And his minutes are fine. I do think he's trending towards being a drop, but I do think I want to hold him. But how long can we keep up with this bullshit? For the Hawks, they're on a back-to-back. We'll see whether Trey plays or not. Um, in terms of streams, Okoro or Slam and Sammy Merrill would be interesting options. We all saw last game, George Niang went bananas against the Bucks. That's not really reliable, but he is at least like a 14-team league guy, the minivan. And then for the Hawks, I normally put like a funny name in there because their rotations are ridiculous. But if Trey misses, Trent Forrest might be someone to look at. Or is it Patty Mills? Or are they? Do you know Kobe Bufkin's played four minutes this season? He wasn't a lottery pick. He was as close as you can get, pick number 15, and apparently they're considering him untouchable. I actually like Kobe Bufkin. I think he's a good player. And I do think there is a slim opportunity for him to be 12-10 relevant in late March if they blow it up. But he's played four minutes. Quinn Snyder's rotation, uh, he's not Nick Nurse, he's not Tom Thibodeau, but the thinness that he's running things at, it deserves uh, a little bit of maybe criticism. Hmm, maybe. Toronto and the Knicks. I want to see Bruce Brown because last game... He was there, just arrived, and had to adjust to like being in Canada, which is going to take it out of here for sure. And then the second half, he sort of adjusted to go, I guess this is my life now. And he put up good numbers. Does he start over Gary Trent? I'm not sure. Does he even stay on this team long term? I don't know that either. But I do think that he is significantly a better option than Gary Trent to be a 12-team league player. This is also the lawsuit bowl, so we'll see how that goes. They've already made a trade together. I would not... Okay, hear me, hear me out. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Bruce Brown end up playing for the Knicks. And Quentin Grimes ends up playing for the Raptors. And if Quentin Grimes ends up playing for the Raptors next to Emmanuel quickly as a starter, distinctly possible, I'm very into it. Very into it. I haven't really, I don't have that sourced from rumors or anyone telling me that. Just trying to put some things together. Anyway, let's see what Brown does. For the Knicks, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, 
Huge minutes last game with Josh Hart out. Produced really well because Thibodeau can't trust anybody else to play. Um, he's doing really well in limited minutes, so let's just keep rolling with him. In terms of streams, it is Gaz Trent there in Toronto, who is available in a lot of spots. We know what he is. He's hit or miss. He's points and threes, and he's bad. But the minutes are going to be at least somewhat useful. Uh, you could look at Jonte Porter as another guy there, and then Thad Young or Chris Boucher behind them. For the Knicks, there's not a huge amount of stuff there. Yes, you make sure that DiVincenzo is rostered, Josh Hart maybe, but uh, he's above that my uh, threshold cutoff there. And the other one is Grimes, who uh, he's probably not going to do anything, but that's where we're at when we talk about the Knicks. It's really hard to find that value. The Thunder and the Wolves. Last game, there was no Dort, and Josh Giddy went crazy. I'm not ready to ascribe Giddy's better performance to either Dort being out or the Chargers not being uh, pressed against him. It could be either of those things. could be none of those things. could be coincidence, but that's why we watch again. Does Giddy play 30 minutes again if Dort is back? Does Giddy play well again, irrespective of Dort, because of the pressure being released? I don't know. So we'll watch that. For the Wolves, the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed, really hard to understand what he's going to do game by game. Is this a game where Towns, Gobert, and Reed can punish a small uh, Thunder front court? Possibly. So they just do they go big a lot more and they let Reed roll? I I don't know, but I find it really hard to understand or to to really gather where Reed should sit in the twelve team landscape. Because he has these games which are good, and then there's ones that are bad. And overall, he's like the hundred fortieth best player, and that's not usually enough to hold on to. But we'll see. In terms of streams, I do go to Isaiah Joe unless Dort is out, then Cason Wallace can step into larger minutes. And then for the Wolves, Kyle Anderson's always going to be that guy that might get you five, four, and four with a steal. And, and that can be helpful. Um, and of course, he's always got that ability to jump up if someone gets hurt. Memphis and Chicago. Uh, I want to watch the Duck, Luke Kennard. He finally shot well last game. He just He's not a high usage player. I'd like to see more from him assists-wise, but what we're getting him for is efficient scoring with some threes and some solid minutes as a starter, and I don't really think he's moving out of the starting lineup. The, the risky spot there is what happens with Zaire Williams and John Conchar last game. Conchar went from DNP to starting, and Zaire Williams went from star, being shit as a starter to being shit as a reserve. Uh, there's one constant in that, and that's Zoe Williams' shit, but we'll see what they end up doing there, but Canard is more of a focus for me. For the Bulls, I don't think that Levine is going to play, so who gets the bump? Is it Pat Williams? Do they push him into larger minutes, or do they go with this DeRozan at the four lineup and give more minutes to DeSumo? I'm pretty sure it's going to be Pat Williams, but we want to watch that. In terms of streams, I've already talked about the cashier. Tillman's available everywhere. He, well, not, not everywhere, in a lot of spots, and he probably shouldn't be, and Pat Williams is likely to get a bit of a boost, I believe, if Zach Levine is out. The Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. Colin Sexton, he was just dominating in 25 minutes. And last game, they went, all right, bet, let's play 33 of them. And he still killed it. So what do we make of the uh, Sexton, Clarkson, Dunn, and George minutes? Because both Dunn and George played under 20 last game, and they'd both been getting over 20. Are we going to just be pumping 30-plus into Sexton and Clarkson? Sexton's been great. I do think he's a sell high because the shooting numbers are insane. But also, just, look, you have fun with it. Just write it out. Oh, I didn't tell you this. I tweeted this out. I didn't tell you. I made my first trade of the season. I'm in like eight leagues. I don't do trades normally. But someone offered me a trade. And I looked at it and went, right, I think I'll do it. The trade was, it was in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, nine category league. So 12 teams with deep rosters. Um, they offered me D'Angelo Russell, who, as you're well aware, I'm not a big fan of, but um, offered me D'Angelo Russell for Aaron Neesmith. Now, Neesmith, you buy rankings if you use nine cats and turnovers. He's going to look better than Russell. But I don't really care about those turnovers in that league. I wanted to get a little bit of a bump in my points and assists and threes, which is, I think D'Lo does. So I just accepted it. 
No negotiation, didn't talk. I said, okay, that's fine. I think it works for me. I think it actually boosts my team up a little bit. Gives me a bit more categorical strength that I need. Um, Neesmith's been solid. I think his role actually increases here after this trade, but I'll take it. So someone offered me Neesmith for Russell, and yeah, of course, dickheads. Oh, it's Taco, it's Taco. I, seriously, I'm at the stage where if someone says Taco in a league, I'm going to mute him. Like, I just... You guys, you guys think you're the best at everything. I don't even think I'm the best at anything, and I'm clearly not. But man, like that's just a, it's a ridiculous comment that we need to make. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm in a taco league. That's that's what's happening. <sighs> anyway, made a trade. There you go. For the Rockets, Jollibee Jalen Green. Is he good? No. Is he bad? No. Do I know what he is? No. I, I, I have no idea. Can look, he's not in that situation where he's just getting pumped full of usage anymore because of the situation the Rockets are in, but he hasn't really brought other stuff to his game. And I fear that he's stagnated quite a bit. I don't think that he's a must-roster player, but there's value in certain spots. So I just want to see again how they continue to use him. Do they keep pulling his minutes back down? I don't know. In terms of stream guys, Chris Dunn still pops up as pretty solid, but if he plays 14 minutes, it's not. If he plays 22, he is. And we've had a track record of like 21, 21, 21, then he played 14. So that's that's not great, but we'll go back to it. And then Dylan Brooksy Brooks is there for the Rockets. Not a guy we want to roster as a 12-team league guy all the way through, but always got some stream value. Can pop off, but can have eight points on 12 shots. Let's get chunky. Saturday through Wednesday, another five-game period where they're all quality game days. The most amount of games in that five days is eight. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we can stream all five of those days. And there are a lot of teams who have interesting schedules. When look at Memphis, the Duck, Luke Canard, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. Xavier Tillman on Memphis, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. Big Dick Nick Richards, not only does he play Friday, maybe, questionable with an ankle sprain, but they've got the Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday combo. Jabari Walker, who started and played 30 minutes last game. I don't know that he will continue to start, but I wouldn't imagine that Chauncey Billups talked about this big lineup change, made it, they won, and then he goes away from Jabari Walker starting and playing 30 minutes. That would seem relatively silly to me, but who knows? We will see what happens because um, Olaf might be back um, from his month-long absence. So if Aiton is playing at center, that reduces the minutes that Walker gets as the backup. But I think he can still get 30 as the starting four. We've got Santi Aldama there. Again, the same Grizzlies schedule. You notice I haven't mentioned Gigi Jackson. You can take a crack at that. There's a chance that over the next five days, Gigi does have one good game. But we know there's going to be a ton of inefficiency. He's going to be a usage player who gets shots. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And then the other one there is Alec Burks, who plays Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. When Cade comes back, his value does dip. But for now, Burks is putting up some good numbers. Who's got a big load coming? Five games in the next eight nights, Saturday through Saturday, six teams. Hornets, Rockets, Bucks, Wolves, Spurs, Wizards. Spurs are in a really concentrated part of the schedule. Watch this. The Wolves, I'd be a little cautious about Anthony Edwards. The Bucks, Giannis. The Rockets, no real concerns. The Hornets, everybody. Although, you know, the guys that are there are there because they just don't have anyone else left to play. So let's look at our 10-team streams. Remember, we've cut, brought the cutoff down here. So again, let me know if these guys are available in your leagues. And if you are in a 12 or a 14, always look at the 10-team list and see if these guys are available because they're going to be higher priority. So we're looking at Alex Caruso at the top of that list, Nick Richards, if he is available to play, Xavier Tillman, Luke Kennard, Jeremy Sohan, and Pat Williams round out that 10-team list. For your um, for your 12-teamers, we're going with Dylan Brooks, Josh the Hitman Hart, Nico Batum, Santi Aldama, Chris Dunn, and Marvin Bagley, who would rocket to the top of that list if we do hear that Daniel Gafford is out. For deeper leagues, we're going to start with Killian Hayes, 
Ayo Desumu, who gets a bump with Levine out, Julian Champagny, Paul Reed, DeLon Wright, and Isaac Okoro. And then for points leagues, we're going with Tillman, Nick Richards, Santi Aldama, Killian Hayes, Luke Kennard, and Dylan Brooksy-Brooks. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget, again, live trade deadline show. Go pre-like it. Let's hit 500. I want 20,000 people in there, but I want 500 pre-likes by the end of this week. So go and do that. But also, um, double bang, listen on audio, watch the video, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are... Oh, I didn't actually give you the little YouTube subscribe graphic here. Just in case you don't know what to do, you actually just got to click the subscribe and, and click the thumbs up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.